visit patreon.com slash sword and laser. Sword and Laser hopes you will enjoy this program. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. Indeed. And uh, because Veronica and I apparently don't drink anymore, like only every other episode, uh, Tamahome had the brilliant idea that instead of what are we drinking in on weeks where we're not drinking anything, we mm-hmm. do what are we eating? I love it. I love food. I mean, we're not eating right this no, this second. would be more like, what are we eating today? Not what today. are we eating right at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. Um, what are you eating? What did you eat today? Um, well, for what dinner, are you into eating? What, what for dinner today, uh, we had a Thai-inspired shrimp curry. So kind of a yellow Ooh. yellow curry, but not not Indian yellow curry. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know. Like yeah. a creamy, yeah. creamy curry um, with, with shrimp and brown rice. Nice. Did you find the recipe anywhere interesting? Mm-hmm. In my Tavala box that I ordered and st- <laughs> used to stick the food in the Tavala. <laughs> Wait, what is what is a Tavala? <laughs> Tavala is a smart oven. Uh, <gasps> oh, and you can. They, they have also, their own meal service. They also have their own meal thing where you can get their meals and then you just stick them in, scan the QR code, and they cook it. Like minimum, you're living in minimum. the future. <laughs> minimum, but you have to do some preparation. Like I have to put the shrimp in the little aluminum foil thing. Oh yeah, you have to have put to the shrimp in the little aluminum the curry foil thing, thing. over. Like it's not like a replicator. Well, no, when you said I'm living in the future, I was like, well, it's yeah, there's a little bit of work, but yeah. Yeah, still- I have something like that too. I, I call it a microwave. <laughs> and yeah. I buy these little pre pre-made uh special meals at the store that I just peel back the, yeah, the tin foil. This, and, uh, yeah. 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 No, the the advantage of the Tavala is that it's a steamer uh, roaster broiler. Uh, and so you don't have that microwave sogginess going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found a recipe on TikTok, Mm. um, actually for like a broccoli rigatoni dish where you, um, you essentially make like a broccoli sauce with like, um, broccoli, (laughs) anchovies, uh, garlic. Oh, that sounds uh, great. Yeah. And then you mash it all up. So it's like a paste and then you, um, cook it with the rigatoni or you cook rigatoni first and then you use that as like the sauce, the base of the sauce. And uh, we didn't have anchovies. So we tried to use olives, like hmm. the big green ca- castle of Castellano. Yeah. yeah. So you get a little bit saltiness like you would with yeah, the anchovy. Yeah. Like salty umami. Uh-huh. It wasn't enough though. Um, mm. So next time I'll have to get some anchovies, but it was good. We have, see if we lived in the future where I could teleport to your place, we have a jar of anchovies that we've been trying to figure oh, out what dang. to do with. You could have borrowed the anchovies. Well, what about the pneumatic tube? Right. Yeah. The pneumatic tube from Los Angeles to Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. Boonk. Single can of anchovies cost $40,000 yeah. to send it. We um, we did a TikTok recipe this week. Uh, I think it was called Sogi Gutang, uh, but it was uh, beef, like uh, briskety beef. Uh, with radish and um, some greens that I can't remember, and then green onions. Uh, and it's just this like, and th- there was a little bit of anchovy in there too, I think. And uh, you just make this like stewy soup. The radishes almost f- end up cooking down to be like uh, potatoes. They're really mm-hmm. good. Nice. 
Yeah, I was supposed to cook the, uh, I was going to make cauliflower steaks tonight. This is turning into a food show. We're not mm-hmm. a food show. We can talk about that later. Um, but yeah, that's fun. Good good suggestion. What are, what are we eating right now? Yeah, um, Sword and Laser is pivoting to a food show starting next week. Thanks, Tamaho <laughs> Good night. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into the quick burn. The quick burn. Yes. So we got a great quick burn post about uh, Elric of Melnibone and the possibilities of a TV show. It's all from the same article in Tripwire magazine that we talked about last time. Uh, so there's not a lot to go over there that we didn't talk about last time. But go to good Goodreads and, and look at that. Um, Mark in the Discord Um, pointed out that Daily Tech News Show is starting its 10th year of podcasting, but that's not about science fiction or fantasy. So had to toss that one too. Well, Tom, you might be some people's fantasy. That's a fantasy right there. That was a painfully long pause. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't sure where to go. Did I, did I make it weird? Uh, no, no. I just failed on the yes. And (laughs) on the reaction, uh, but we do have a legitimate quick burn, uh, cause it's a holiday break. We're coming off of, you know, this is just Mm -hmm, the way it's going to be. We're going to have tons of stuff next time. Uh, but Apple uh, launched AI-narrated audiobooks. John posted this in Goodreads. Uh, Apple is selling audiobooks narrated by digital algorithm with the narrator listed as Apple Books. So if you go into the Apple Bookstore and you see narrator Apple Books, that's a digital narrator. Uh, Apple is accepting submissions for literary, historical, and women's fiction, but they will be adding more genres to come. Uh, Authors can choose from four voices. So you can have a uh, Madison or Jackson read it. They are sopranos. Uh, Mm -hmm. They are trained to read romance and fiction, while the baritones, Helena and Mitchell, are trained to read self-development and nonfiction. So this isn't just text-to-speech. This isn't like Siri reading something. These are algorithms trained to sound like a narrator with the proper inflections and all that. I really feel like right now we're at a super interesting time. Like, I mean, we have lived in the future. I mean, we are, what does even that mean? Like Mm. everything's always the future. Yeah, right. But I just, the speed at which things are improving and especially around like chat GPT and, and AI in general and all these new services and things using these incredible learning algorithms. And it's just like, it's, it's really amazing. Mantissa says, no, I want real readeds. Uh, in which case, great, then get those. Uh, but, but you, you know, <laughs> there's, there's going to be some people who can't afford that. Uh, there's going to be some books that would not otherwise be made, uh, as an audiobook. Uh, and so I think, th- I think this is an interesting alternative, uh, for folks. Uh, I know the knee jerk reaction is like, oh, it's going to put people out of work. These sorts of innovations generally don't put people out of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they usually either extend the abilities of existing jobs or create new jobs. Um, there can be disruption, though. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to minimize that. But in the narrator business, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the yeah. narrators that are really good are still going to be in demand. And and if, mm-hmm. and if for no other reason than the reaction Mantissa had, maybe even more in demand, like maybe even getting more like, oh, but 
we sprung extra and paid for the human reader uh, this, <laughs> yes. this time. You're like that, that definitely the way like plastic chairs are not nearly as valuable as a handmade chair. Right. Uh, I think there's going to be that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I agree with you. This, um, this is when everyone's like, we haven't had any innovation. When's the last time we added like a, an iPhone level thing you're looking at it, the, yeah. the, the chat and the generative AI stuff. That's, that's what, that's what's going on. That is what's going on. You should have a podcast called that. That's what's and going that's, on. That's the, oh, hold on. No, what's the phrase? That's the. Sticky oh, wicket. No. That's the from, way it was. That's no, the week that was. I think it's from Rick and Morty. That's, and that's how the news goes. And that's how the news goes. <laughs> What is that from? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the transition happens to bear your sword. All right. We have a lot of bear your sword this week. Uh, Oaken says, um, I'm assuming over on Discord, uh, Tom mentioned that Moorcock may have taken a cue from Tolkien or C.S. Lewis. From what I've read of him in interviews, it would only be as an anti-cue. Oh, sorry. From Goodreads. Moorcock felt that Tolkien was too influential and that too much fantasy up until that point was Tolkien derivative. Elric was a deliberate attempt to subvert the tropes that had, until then, dominated the genre. That included Tolkien as well as Conan et al. He was vocal about his feelings about sci-fi and fantasy having become stale to the point that the old guard felt he was deliberately trying to sideline them and they weren't happy about it. That's interesting. I have no idea uh, what I actually said uh, on the last show, uh, <laughs> but but I love this idea because definitely the way I was feeling is that Elric probably felt more innovative at the time compared to what had come before and that now it doesn't feel as innovative because there's so much that it that that have reacted to it as a, as an important piece of literature in the genre. So that in that sense, Oaken bears that feeling out of like, yeah, in fact, Moorcock was absolutely reacting to Tolkien and Lewis uh, and saying like, tired of that, let's take it in a new direction. I can see that. Uh, good, 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 good insight there, Oaken. Thank you. Uh, I'm fact checking myself on my previous statement. The the line is, and that's the way the news goes. And that's and the way from, the news goes. And that's that the sounds, way the news goes. That sounds familiar now that you said it's that. It's from Rick and Morty. Yeah. It's from Rick and Morty. All right. Yeah. That will, of course, be our title of the show. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of discussion of Moorcock and our discussion of Elric of Melnimide. Uh, Ian said, for me, the big problem with the book is that it isn't about Elric. Since it's an origin story, we are watching Elric turn into, grow mm. into himself. This is the problem with origin stories. You're actually reading about the main character. The earlier short stories and probably the subsequent stories deal with everything in his prime. I mean, it isn't an all right story unless he accidentally kills a friend, lover, etc., <laughs> with Stormbringer and then absorbs their soul. Uh, so that makes sense too. That, that shines a light on, okay, this is why some people are like, no, you have to read the first novel, uh, you know, in a series. And it's like, well, the first novel may be the introduction, but it's not always the best novel in the series. Right. Yeah. That's such a, that's such a balance that we've always tried to align. We've tried to dance on with this show because it, it's so difficult, especially when there's an established series an established character 
to figure out where in that storyline to kind of pick up and, and read for the first time, especially with us who typically will only read one book from an entire author yeah. sometimes, let alone we've never read multiple books in a, a single storyline before, to my knowledge, um, that I can recall. So it's picking that story, that one representative story in a way is is can be difficult, especially in this kind of situation where this is, you know, not the first chronological book, but it's the first, or my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, chat or Tom, is that this is chronologically the first book mm-hmm. in Elric's story, but not the first Elric story written in time. Right. So it's like the there first, were books before It's chronologically that. the first story from what I understand. And it's the first novel length okay. story, but not mm. the first Elric story. Right. So would it have made sense to read the first Elric story instead the first of short this story? First, the yeah, first short story or the first two or whatever? That is an interesting question. We have shied away from, not from reading short story collections. We've read a ton of short story collections. Uh, the, in fact, the Discord was was having a big conversation about that. Um, but but we have shied away from reading a short story in, mm-hmm. in a month. Um, mm-hmm. But there's no reason... We couldn't. There might be a time where, like, this is the first. It's the it's the best introduction. Like Elric may have been an example of that, where it's like, you know what? Let's just commit to just reading that short story, and then if people want to read more, they can. Uh, which is which is what we did with the novel. But some people had problems with that because it isn't the best example, et cetera, et cetera. But again, don't forget that Sword and Laser is meant to expose you to things, not. Uh, make you read the best thing that month. Uh, I, True. I feel, but I feel we have like this burden. We, we obviously don't want you to read bad stuff, but we also like if if this is still the best introduction to Elric of Mel Nibonet, that's okay, right? If if someone's like, no, the best introduction to Elric would be to read the sixth novel, then then you're going to have a whole bunch of people who are, who are saying like, no, you can't start in the middle of the series. So there's that balance. Um, and if it's, if the best introduction is a short story, well, maybe we should adapt and and pick short stories sometimes instead of always picking full length novels. Yeah. What I was going to say is that, that it's, it's, it's such a burden for us. <laughs> it's so hard. It's, choo- it's so hard. It's such a burden <laughs> to try to choose like a representative, like, you know, like, like you said, like, it's not always going to be All right, Jennifer like Coolidge. We're, we're, we're taking this. <laughs> that is a great honor. Thank you. That was, I will take that as a compliment. <laughs> um, you know, when we are trying to, to open up new worlds, uh, for people to, to read new stories, you know, uh, if we don't pick a good one, are we shutting them? Like, okay, for example, I didn't love Elric of Melnibony. Mm-hmm. And so is that because I read this one first? Right. And now I'm probably never going to go back to read the other ones because there's just too much else on my to-be-read list. And I didn't feel captivated by it. But obviously other people have like very strong opinions on the series, you know, because they read it in the publish order instead of this chronological order. And so they feel more bought into the characters. They feel more tied to them. They've experienced something that maybe pulled them in more than what I experienced. So that's, that's the hard part of this gig in some mm-hmm. ways is like figuring out what is the thing, what is the most important thing for us to show to people Yeah, or it doesn't have, I guess it doesn't have to be the best, but it should be representative, right? It Well, that's what I, first of all, there is no best. 
there is no book that okay there, that was a poor word example well no, but. no no i'm not criticizing your word choice i'm i'm talking to the audience now like because some people are like well why'd you pick this book it's bad it's like you didn't like it that doesn't <laughs> yeah. make it bad uh, which is why I w- I've been really hammering on Nancy Pearl's four doorways, right? There are lots of different ways into a story. And if yours is writing style and we pick a story that's not got great writing style, but is really good at plot, well, then you're not going to like it. And But that doesn't mean mm-hmm. you shouldn't expose yourself to it because that's how you discover new things. You take risks and sometimes they don't pay off. So I feel like our our job here is to pick things that are good to try, that are good to expose yourself to. It doesn't mean you'll like them, but it. But we're not trying to please everyone in the audience uh, every every single time. We're trying to say, "Hey, here's here is the first book, uh, the introduction to a mm-hmm. Titanic series, Elric of Malnibene." And so, to me, the question isn't, uh, you know, are enough people going to like it? Is it good? The question is, is this the best introduction? Because we are only going to introduce you once. We're not going to mm-hmm. we're not going to keep picking books in a series, right? There always has to be a first book in a series you read. Usually, it's book one. People are very, uh, very firm in that belief. It's a, it's so, a good convention. Yeah, it's yeah. A good convention. But then, to have. if you if you hold to that, then you get something like what happened here. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on from Elric. I feel like we can leave leave Elric behind for now and move into the world of of uh, James Tiptree Jr. Um, Jan says the talk about the Tiptree bio was so interesting. I would love to read sometime a bio of an interesting author for Sword and Laser. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, Jan also says, and I am wondering what other more unusual stuff would you love to have as a monthly read on sword and laser sometime fellow shields or whatever we have agreed on as a term for us. Uh, some ideas I would find really interesting, a good tie in novel to a game, a movie or TV like star Trek, or even a novelization of a science fiction or fantasy movie like star Wars, a choose your own adventure style book or the, the, I think you meant to say Iliad, Iliad. Mm-hmm. Or something mythology related or very old. Any ideas? Yeah, I really like this. This was on Goodreads, and this is what kicked mm-hmm. off all the short story. Because somebody's like, "Well, what about short stories?" That a bunch of people pointed out that we've read a lot of short stories. Um, but I do really like the idea of doing a novelization. I feel like we've done a novelization. We have had to have. I'm pretty sure we, we have did. Had to have at least once. But we haven't done it a lot. And so I'm open to, to doing more of those because there's some really good ones out there. Um, yeah. A choose your own adventure style book. If if there's one that, that again, it's like going back to length? like, we do want to introduce you to quality thing. If there's one out <laughs> yeah, there that people yeah. are like, yeah, this is a really good one. That'd be fun. Uh, and then mythology. I'm, I'm not against it. It's fantasy, right? Like mm-hmm. it's. Mm-hmm. It's a science fiction. It's mostly fantasy. It's not really science fiction, but, but yeah, it's, it, it fits the description. It's just really old version. It's the roots of science fiction and fantasy in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, other people in the chat are mentioning like graphic novels, things like that too. Graphic novel starts to feel like mission creep to me because it is its own genre. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not a hundred percent against it, but it's like, we're dealing with books and so everything we everything we've said, like a biography and all that, is is a book. Whereas a graphic novel is a book of a kind, but I feel like it's mm, a, mm-hmm. it is stepping into a whole other world, right? I um, see. Mm-hmm. Like, like we could also do movies and TV shows and video games and graphic novels. It's like got one foot in each of those worlds. Like 
It's got one foot in the book it world. It would be and one, really interesting to do a movie sometime. As a sword and laser pick? As a sword and laser pick. That's also mission creep. I feel like I know. if we did a graphic novel or a movie, it would be a one-off. We would have to make clear, like, special event. We're not changing the show. We're going to stick to books usually. But I'm not against experiment. All right. Well, we'll let's we'll put that on our on our consideration bucket and think about that. But I do like the idea of doing a novelization or something like that. In yeah, the, the two fiction ideas, the mythology and the novelization, I love. Uh, the mm-hmm. bio is a little more of a departure too because it's also um, not fiction, and we've we've generally stuck to to fiction. But Trike totally. suggested Beowulf <laughs> in the original language. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks. In the original. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Go ahead. Uh, Chaos Librarian uh, wrote in and said, I was delighted and probably a bit too excited to find that you have had discussions about novelist over the past couple of weeks. Like Katie, I am a librarian and I also use novelist all the time because it's such a solid way to suggest books without having to have read them. When I can, I turn my searching into a mini instruction session so that the patron will get an idea of how to use the database on their own. Which reminds me, yes, novelist is a database, which makes it special special in that it is curated by librarians who are experts in reader advisory Mm. and identifying Mm -hmm. appeal factors and other story elements of books instead of an algorithm that isn't able to reason about those more subjective elements. For instance, I mostly read science fiction and fantasy, but I have found and loved books outside of those genres by searching with appeal terms. Also, if you want to do a deep dive into novelist story elements, check out ebscohost.com promo materials, Novelist Guide to Story Elements. We'll have that link in the show notes. It was written as a tool for librarians, but I'm pretty sure the book nerds like Sword and Laser listeners will find it useful and interesting. Thank you again for talking about an amazing tool that so many people don't realize is already on their belt. Love it. I think that's so cool. Excellent. Thank you for the link, Chaos Librarian, and uh, appreciate the info. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you to everyone who wrote in for some Barrier Swords this week. All right, let's hop into our check-in. This is just a brief conversation. I actually didn't get a chance to plug in uh, conversations about the book from Goodreads, so I'm going to hop over there real fast and see if there's anything I missed. Oh, okay. Um, Have you been following the Discord chat? Um, Yes, I have also been contributing to the Discord chat. Um. I am. We're talking about Brightness Falls from the Air by James Tiptree Jr., uh, which is mm-hmm. the January pick. Uh, we kicked it off briefly at the end of uh, the last episode. And uh, I don't feel safe giving my opinion after reading what's in Discord. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. So, okay. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable going into any of these topics right now from the Goodreads because I well, feel like they're all, all better suited spoilery. for the wrap-up. Yeah, yeah, this is not a spoilery so episode. So a lot of the stuff that, that's being discussed is spoilery and if you haven't finished, wouldn't be appropriate and we don't we don't want to make you skip this part so we're not we're not being spoilery. Um, it's the writing style is so interesting. Mm. It really does feel very pulpy to me and I think I commented on that in, in another thread or something. Um, and it's, it's funny because I keep like putting it into the context of like, this is a woman writing this story and like thinking about her perspective writing the story and remind me again what year this was written. I believe it was 86. Was it 86? I, that's what it was I, I'm published remembering in 86. I'm going to double check okay. that. But yeah. It does not feel like a novel written in the 80s to me. 
It feels like a novel written in the 60s hmm. or even the 50s. Um, that's just how it reads to me. And I can't get that out of my head. And I can't get, I can't stop thinking about it as being a pulp novel because of that. And now, and, and it's very, um, it's a lot more, I don't want to say sexually graphic because that's not true, but there's a lot of, uh, the way the characters talk about each other and the kind of like sexualization of some of the characters, I found very surprising. Um, and again, Oh, 85, February 85. Okay. And then again, it makes me feel like it makes me Tiptree died in 87 and this was written in 85. This was published in 85. Yeah. Wow. Oh, published in 85. Alice Sheldon. Yes. Alice Sheldon Mm -hmm. died. And coincidentally also James Tiptree (laughs) Jr. Died at the same time. Um, yeah. So I, 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 it's funny because I don't know if I'm loving it, but I'm very interested in learning what happens. Um, so I, I've been pinging Tom a little bit uh, on the side and been like, oh, there's some interesting themes I wasn't expecting in this novel. What, what, is that a theme though? Like there's, um, and maybe I just haven't got far enough in yet, but I'm yeah, more than I halfway guess. through and I've, I've seen one rather vague instance that could be interpreted one way more than another, but it's not very like overt. We're talking about incest. <laughs> and it, would be spo- it would be spoilery to, to detail that, but I didn't know what you, I, I was like, Oh, I must not have got to that part. And then when you explained where it was, I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I saw that. And I, I did. It's not real. or might not be real. It's in his it's it'd be spoiled. I don't know anything yet. Yeah, yeah, I don't know anything beyond that. It's like it's like feels. Mm-hmm. It's feels. It, it's feels. It, you it's can say feels. That. That's it's a good, all it, feels. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Um it's uh I'm enjoying watching this book in my brain, mm. if that makes sense. Like yeah. I feel like the descriptions are very good. Um and so, like, I was like, oh, this would be a cool, this could be a, I mean, there's some things I wouldn't want to see. No, never mind. I don't want to see this as a film. I'd <laughs> like to see some parts of this as a film, perhaps, but not all parts. That was a completely not useful comment at all. I'm sorry. It's very illustrative. I, 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 I will say that this book in, as I have been doing for a while now, falls in the category of in the evening when it is time for me to read, I uh, look forward to this book. I, I don't dread it. Uh, I think, oh, this is the time when I get to to listen to more of what's happening and brightness falls from the air. Uh, I am not finding time throughout the day. I'm not like, oh, I think I'll vacuum now so that I can read. It's not it's not mm-hmm. one of those mm-hmm. books. Um, so it, that, that's where it sits. I, I enjoy my time with it, uh, when I have time with it and I'm a little over halfway through at this point. Yeah. I, I think I'm like 35% thereabouts. Um, sorry, there are boots. Um, but yeah, I think I'll get there. I think I'll get there. But <laughs> Ryan keeps, he keeps hearing me exclaiming, like while reading this book about like some of the things that happens. And he's like, are you going to finish this book? Do you like this book? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I like it, Uh, but it is entertaining. 
I feel safe in saying a couple more things. Mm -hmm. I am clearly out of step with the audience because I had not looked at any reactions uh, and had certain opinions and then looked at the discord and was like, oh, I, I will not be telling you my opinions. (laughs) Uh, Oh, really? I, 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 there's something wrong with me apparently because I did not uh, have, I, it was a very overwhelming in our discord, uh, strain of opinions that, that I had not, had not anticipated. Uh, and I, I think, uh, that it's very clearly based on that reaction, uh, not a book that appeals to modern expectations. Mm. Hmm. Perhaps. Um, but we're perfectly okay with watching game of Thrones. It's just, you know, when you put it this way. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I said. I was like, when you were like, wait, is this what I think it is? I'm like, well, it's no Targaryen incident. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, um, speaking of incest, um, I saw a funny, um, a f- <laughs> things I never thought I'd say, um, a funny TikTok where they were talking about like, uh, this may contain spoilers for Game of Thrones and or House of Dragons. Ah, so okay. If you are, not for Brightness if you are, Falls from the Air, but for Game of Thrones. Not for Brightness Falls, but for Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah. Um, we were, I, he was like, it was a guy watching OG Game of Thrones and being like, oh, those brother and sister twins? <gasps> and then watching, and then later watching House of Dragon and being like, man, that niece and uncle, like if they don't get together soon, I'm going to be really disappointed. Oh, finally a brother and sister get married on this show. It's about time. (laughs) It's just like how like our opinions as a viewer has like normalized over the years. Yeah. Um, as we become more comfortable with Targaryens. That that there's the Targaryens on one end. Uh, there's the, the sort of unintentional, uh, chaste kiss of Luke and Leia in a new hope. And then brightness falls from the air, I think is even on the other side of Luke and Leia. So far. Well, yeah, so far I may be, I may be proved wrong by the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. All right. Um, I think that's it for now. Um, that was a, we ended up having some fun discussions in spite of not having any quick burns this week. cool all right well thank you so much to all of our listeners out there our show is currently entirely funded by you um if you want to help support us you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser you can also support the show by buying books through our links find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks uh, you can get in touch with us, feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And you can join in on all the discussions over on our Discord. You can find the info there on our website or over on Goodreads, goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!